All right, so The Grinch is a Christmas classic, right? Uh, how many of you guys um, have seen any of The Grinches? Raise your hands. All right. I imagine it would be almost everybody in the room because uh, it's been out for a while. It was originally a book by Dr. Seuss, right? It came out in uh, 1957. All right, and then the TV, the classic TV show movie that we all know and love came out in 1966, and uh, then in 2000, they came out with a live-action movie starring Jim Carrey, uh, and, and uh, pretty epic, and then this most recent Grinch came out um, in 2018 with, uh, with uh, Benedict Cumberpatch voicing the Grinch. Now, uh, we did some polling online this week, and be, uh, before we showed the results, all right, um, this was the, uh, the question is, which one's your favorite Grinch? So before we show the results for online, I want to poll the crowd today, okay? All right, so if you're online, you can show your love, too, with which, which one's your favorite. Uh, raise your hand if your favorite is 1966, all right? Okay, Jim, what percentage is that? Just real quick, just guess. 30%? 30% of the room? All right. All right, all right. Uh, how about 2,000? All right, what percentage? Just shoot a number. 12.3, all right? All right, and uh, 2017 or 18? We got one, all right? You're all alone. It's a lonely, dark, cold world out there. But admittedly, mo more people haven't seen the new one, right? So... All right, let's show the graphics for our online uh, research, all right, which Grinch, uh, 1966, takes it with 48%, and then not too far behind uh, Jim Carrey at 40, uh, 41%, and then the newest one at 11%. So there you go. That is official Christ Fellowship polling research data, right? Um, so... Uh, we need to, um, so, so today we're continuing in our series at the movies, Christmas at the movies, right? And, and this is, for us, it's a fun way to engage this season. You know, we're, here we are, these, this season cycles around every 12 months and these movies and all the stuff that we do, right, at Christmas time. Uh, but it's also a fun way for us to engage with God's Word. Like, even though these films that we're looking at, they're really not that spiritual, right? There's, not, uh, there, there's nothing about Jesus in them. And, but we do see inroads in a lot of uh, these pieces in our culture. We see these inroads to the good news. We see inroads to Jesus. We see a deeper message there. And so what we want to do is take that and jump in and dive into God's Word to be changed and to be challenged and have some fun while doing it. So the Grinch is a bitter grouchy, cave-dwelling creature whose heart is how many sizes too small? Two sizes too small. Good. And he lives just outside a small village called Whoville. Uh, he lives as a hermit in the caves of Mount Crumpet. All right. And the problem are the, the people who live in Whoville are known as Who's. All right. And they have this relentless ability to, to be happy and to celebrate Christmas and singing and laughing and, and, and what the Grinch calls is noise, 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 noise. And so he determines that he will, he's going to ruin all this for them. He's going to steal Christmas. So he disguises himself as Santa. And on Christmas Eve, he steals everything that's Christmas related, right? Their presents. He steals their decorations, their food, and, and anything, right? 
because he wants to stop Christmas from coming. And, and so after he spends the night stealing all the stuff from, the, um, uh, from all the houses in Whoville, the Grinch, he travels back up into the top of the Mount Crumpet. He's intending to dump all their Christmas into the abyss, right? And of course, there's more to the story, um, but he had a breakthrough moment. The Grinch's heart grew three sizes. Three sizes. That's right. You are on it, dude. Three sizes. <laughs> Now, the Grinch was, was the nemesis of anything that was good. Like, and, and, and he's, he's a changed Grinch, right? He's a new Grinch. And, 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 and at this point in the story, his heart grows three sizes, and, and he, now he instantly cares. Now he, he's sorry. Now he ends up bringing, uh, 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 turning his, from his ways and, 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 and turning, uh, returning all the stuff back that he had stolen. Now, granted, this isn't a movie about Christ or the church, but... It still has some value to us today. And, and, and as the Grinch is about to dump all the Christmas stuff that he stole, now depending on what version of the movie you like or watch or know, um, maybe it's because he hears the, the joy and the celebration of the Who's in Whoville, or maybe he sees Cindy Lou who has uh, reached and touched his heart in a very special way. But this is the climax of the Grinch movie. As I see it, it's when his heart grows three sizes. And that is his defining moment as the Grinch. Like, it's the moment that everything changed, that he, that he is different, that he turns from his past, and he tries his best to undo the harm and the damage that he's done. And, and, and I love it. He muscles heroic strength, right, to save uh, uh, the sleigh with, with all the Christmas stuff that he stole so he can return it to the Who's. And then he doesn't just return it, does he? He, he joins them in the celebration. And there's a word for this. It's called transformation. And while there are a number of biblical inroads, I love, by the way, the, the submissions that you guys have, have turned in at cfsflovers.info. A lot of you guys engaged with our homework this week. You watched it, and you tried to guess what some biblical themes were. I loved hearing those. All those are really good ideas. Uh, we have another assignment for you this week. If you're here in person, take a movie kit home with you. If uh, you're online, later on um, tomorrow, go to cfsflovers.info. You'll find this week's homework assignment. Um, as we engage Home Alone next week, all right? But today, I want to spend some time looking at the transformation of Christmas. Because, you know, if, if you look around you, Christmas is a unique time. This season, there, there's just more than just, uh, uh, just food, right? There's more than just lights. People are often different. Like people, um, uh, pe we, we see sometimes the worst at people at these times, but we also very often see the best in people, like people being more generous. You know, generosity goes up, skyrockets, right, at this time of the year. Oh, maybe it's inviting other people in, people who are lonely. Maybe it's, it's people looking for ways to serve others. We see all the stuff jump, boost, big time at Christmas time. Uh, we see people being not selfish, but selfless. Now, th these positive changes we see in people, they aren't always lasting or permanent or even pure motive changes, but I think that they may point towards something more, right? They may point towards a real thing. They, like, they point to, to what we long for, right? Don't we want to be a, our best version of ourselves? 
Like, if I could write who I want to be on paper, I would love to be the most generous person I could be. I would love to be the most loving person to be. I want to be open. I want to be connected. I want to have community. I want to have significance. I want to uh, I, I long to overcome those things that seemingly have control over my, my life and my heart. I would uh, uh, overcome my fear, my anxiety, and, and uh, uh, self-centeredness and unforgiveness. Like that, we all long to be the best version of ourselves. And the Grinch shows us transformation. That two things: one, it's possible, and that two, no one is no one's too far away, no one's too far off, and that counts for us, too. So I want to look at a snapshot as we dig into God's Word today of what a life following Jesus looks like. Okay, this is oversimplifying it, but it's real quick, and then we'll, then we'll look at a more familiar Christmas passage. Okay, the the ver- first verse is this: Second Corinthians five seventeen. The Apostle Paul writes, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. And so that's a, a beautiful snapshot of what it looks like as a life that's following Jesus. And there's, there's a simple word for it. Same word we use for the Grinch. Transformation. Transformation is possible. In fact, if you have put your faith in Jesus, it is expected. The old is gone. The new has come. What does it mean to be in Christ? You know, this phrase, for all those who are in Christ. In Christ are as simple as those people who have identified in Jesus. You put your faith in them. You've been baptized into his name, and uh, you're living your life after him. And then it says, this new creation, you will be a new creation. This is our transformation, people. The church, this is... This is um, uh, it's who we were, then something happens as Jesus, and then it changes our, our path, our mind, our heart, our trajectory, right? And for the Grinch, it was the Who's celebrating, celebrating or it was uh, Cindy Lou Who's compassion. But those things turned his, his heart, didn't they? Transform. But for us, it's the love and the work of Jesus Christ. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that transforms us. So here's what I want you to know today, all right? Whether you're a kid or whether you're advanced in life, transformation is possible and you aren't too far off for it. Now, let's jump to a scripture that's more common this Christmas time, right? <clears throat> it comes out Isaiah 9, and it says, For to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's Isaiah 9, 6. Now, this is what's on Christmas signs, right? This is what's on your homemade uh, decorations. It's on Christmas cards. Uh, In fact, I have part of this verse on a decoration in our front yard right now as we speak. And, and, And here's... What's funny about this, this was written 700 years before the Christmas story. Like, so why are we always reading this passage at Christmas time? You know, we often skip the preceding part of certain passages, right? And in and, and this passage, Isaiah 9, we skip the problem, okay? We skip the pre-transformation part. And so I want to back up and just read a little bit out of the end of Isaiah chapter 8. Again, 700 years before Jesus. And here it goes. He says, when someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, uh, should not a people inquire of their God? 
Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God's instruction and testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Distressed and hungry. They will roam uh, through the land, and when they are famished, they will become enraged, and looking upward will curse their king and their God. Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Now, Isaiah is painting this picture, right? He, uh, this is the people around him, and, and they're consulting like mediums and, and summoning the dead, trying to attempt to determine the future, all the while disregarding God and his word. And Isaiah says they have no light of dawn. They're distressed and they're, they're, they're hungry. They're roaming the land. They're famished. There's gloom and there's darkness. It's not a pretty picture, right? This is one. Uh, it's, it's a snapshot of what life without trusting God looks like. And, and, you know, it's a picture of the Grinch, right, in Mount Crumpet. Now, with that snapshot, all there is is despair when people live in their own accord without trusting in God. But check out the next verses, Isaiah 9, right? It says, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and, and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee, uh, honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Uh, and then, then here's the Christmas passage, right? Uh, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a, new, a light has dawned. Uh, you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you. As people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. And so you saw this picture uh, just in, in, into chapter 8, what it looks like, uh, life without trusting in God. There's despair, there's darkness, there's no joy. And then you see, man, that this new light has come. It's a new time, it's a new era. People were walking in the darkness, but now there's a light and everything has changed for him. So what, what has happened? What transition? There, what, what transformation? has caused these people walking in darkness to see a great light. So it goes from being despair and distress, from being joy and life and light. And light changes things, church. It shapes, it guides, it reveals, it shows the way. And I don't know, the phase of life that we, me and Beth are in, every single night... Like every single night, we have to get up in the middle of the night. Do you all have to do that? Oh, for one, I'm getting older and I have to pee now in the middle of the night. But, but Benjamin, right? Benjamin's the wild card. And, and every night, you know, we have to get up and like usually bring him in our bed because he's like calling out, Daddy, Mommy, you know, in the middle of the night. And here's what we know. Uh, in the dark, you're more prone to stub your toe. In the dark, you're more likely to, to bash your shoulder or to trip right? And so light changes things, and, 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 and light reveals, and, and light shows us, and we're no longer afraid, and, and, and we're no longer tripping and falling and stumbling. And, and check this, just a few verses later in Isaiah 9, 6, continue this thought of light, this light that has dawned over darkness. Life without God is darkness and despair, but light has dawned. Then we get to the verse we just read earlier, 
Isaiah 9, 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is a picture of the light that has come, a prophecy 700 years written, written to say that someone's going to come and change everything. Transformation, right? Now, this Messiah figure, they had this picture throughout the scriptures of this Messiah that would come, and, and he was going to come and free and redeem and bring beauty to God's people and around the world. And, and, and that's transformation, you know, going from despair to hope and from death to life, from dark to light. And it was looking forward to this time, it was all looking forward to this time when Jesus, the Messiah, would come into this world, God in the flesh, and he would set things right. Now, the Christmas story as we know it, right, the baby Jesus being born, we get that in, in a couple of the Gospels, right, Matthew and Luke. Now, the Gospel of John doesn't tell us the traditional Christmas story. It kind of goes like the cosmic level, saying what's happening kind of uh, in, behind the scenes. And in John 1, 4 and 5, uh, here's what, what, what he explains um, of the Christmas story. The, uh, he says, in him was life. This is Jesus, okay? And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So look, when you turn light on, light overcomes the darkness, right? When you turn light on, light changes everything around it. Everything is different with the light on, and that's how it is with Jesus. He's the life, he's the light, and, and he calls to us. Transformation. Out of the darkness into the light. So, so the Grinch may be known for this transformation, right? Uh, the, the one that stole Christmas also returned it, brought it back. And he's celebrating with the Who's. He even gets to carve the roast beast, all right? The Barbas are on fire. <laughs> but the Grinch had a little help, right? His transformation didn't just happen. Um, his heart grew three sizes for a reason, right? And church, we have the work of Jesus drawing you and calling you and shaping you into a new creation because of the Christmas story. The light has dawned and, 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 and people are walking in darkness. They've seen this great light and it should cause joy. Uh, one more scripture, okay? I know we've been kind of bouncing all over today. Romans 12.2 talks a little bit about this. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Transformation, guys. Change. Like, like this, don't be conformed to the pattern of the world. That's death and despair, right? It's darkness. But be transformed. Step into the light. Be changed. Be renewed. Life and light and, and beauty. And, and again, our call as believers is to be this new creation. But here's the thing when it comes to transformation. Sometimes you just don't feel it. Sometimes you feel like your heart's two sizes too small. Uh, maybe, maybe you feel hopeless or you feel that you've gone as far as you're going to go. Or maybe you feel that uh, for you it's just not possible. You're too, it's been too long or you're, you're just not that type of person. And if you want to be changed, you need, we need new hearts. And the good thing is that Jesus is into transforming hearts. 
day by day. It may not be magically in an instant, but the, as we seek him day by day, he will transform. The only way to be truly transformed, free from our hearts, man, is to submit it to Jesus. In fact, the way to freedom is, is actually slavery. Do you know that? It's because the scripture tells us that we're, we're supposed to be enslaved to Jesus, and that's what brings us true freedom. And he's the one that makes us the best versions of ourselves. And so if you want to be the best you that you can be, it's not just trying harder. It's not just reading more books. It's submitting ourselves to him. And identifying our heart's true condition, and then this, we pray. We can pray that God will change us. And pray that we can be empowered and bold and courageous to submit our hearts. And the more we do that, the more you will be changed. The more we step into God's will, we'll be the best versions of ourselves. So church, we're going to celebrate that right now. We're going to go into our time of communion together. If you're online and you have bread and juice or crackers and juice together, go ahead and grab that. And um, if, you have, if you need communion in here, you could just raise your hand if you haven't received it. And this is a time where we just get to celebrate the new life. If, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come. I want you to know real quick, that when God sees you, if you've accepted him, if you've been baptized into his name, he sees you as a new creation. And he's not done with you yet. He wants you to live, to be the best version of yourself, all for his glory. So right now we celebrate the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. And that's where our hope lies. And that's where, that's where our power of transformation lies. And, and so um, I'm going to pray and we're going to join in this meal together. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that when sometimes this world seems dark, that we know there's light. God, thank you that even sometimes when our hearts feel dark, that you're not done with us yet. And so, God, maybe we've gotten comfortable. Maybe we've, we've grown static or stagnant or apathetic. That God, right now, we just submit ourselves to you. Transformation, God. Changed hearts, renewed minds, lives that walk in the light of your goodness. God, use us to change this place for your glory. God, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for the hope we have. And God, right now, we just celebrate that hope. It's all in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's take this meal together.